power in our inner man by the Holy Spirit. A place that you've given us with you. When Jesus died and raised from the dead, that night on the cross when he cried, it is finished, the veil rent from top to bottom to say we are welcome into your presence. And we might sit at your feet and wait on you. Your very presence to obtain mercy, to find grace, ability, influence, and strength in our time of need. We thank you for your great sacrifice. We thank you for loving us enough to pay the price that we could not pay, that we might have life with you in a depth of relationship that only you could know and make for us. Us in you and you in us. Holy Spirit, open our eyes to see that we would desire and hunger after that relationship to the place where we are being satisfied to never hunger again, but we just partake every day of that which you provided for us. That we're nourished, we're strengthened. Things are revealed to us as we stand in your presence, as we wait on you for direction, for insight. For the power necessary to accomplish all that you've given us to do. We thank you, Lord, that you've opened a place that we can wait on you, renewing our strength, that we might truly mount up with wings as eagles, not wearing out, but truly flying above the fray, as it were, above the circumstance of life, able to see and to, to understand from a different perspective. We thank you for wisdom. We thank you for revelation. Thank you for utterance this morning. We glorify and magnify you, God. As we wait on you, that your power is present to heal, to deliver, to set free, to make whole. For each one that's watching today, that there will be a place and an encounter with you, whether in this room or where people are watching, to break yokes of bondage no matter what they be, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, or physically, that bonds that the enemy has placed upon lives will be broken. That which is weighting us down and wearing us out will be broken. And we come unto you right now with burdens and things that have laden us down. You said to come unto you and you'd break that and you would give us rest and you would put your burden on us. And your burden is light. Your yoke is easy. Because you equip us to carry whatever you give to us to accomplish. And so we give you the glory, the honor, the praise and the thanksgiving for everything that will be accomplished in every heart and in every life by your word and by your spirit. We thank you for it. In Jesus' mighty, matchless, and majestic name we pray. And everyone who agreed said, amen. Amen. Good morning, church. Welcome. (laughs) Welcome. Glory to God. It's good to have you here. Everybody who's joining us by live stream, we're glad that you're here this morning. This is the morning edition, early morning edition. New Creation Church on Sunday morning. Amen? Why don't you look at somebody next to you and say, The life of God dwells in me, and the life of God dwells in you. Therefore, you have victory in every situation, under every circumstance, and in every place. And your victory releases a fragrance of the knowledge of God everywhere you go. Praise the Lord. You can be seated.
Praise the name of the Lord. It's good to see you all this morning. Say, God is good. His mercy endures forever. Amen. If, he, if his mercy endures forever, then his mercy is right now. And the Bible says that his mercies are new every single morning. His compassions fail not. Great is the faithfulness of God. Even if we weren't faithful, God's always faithful, and he'll never deny himself. Never, ever, ever. He'll never deny himself. His word is always true. Whatever it is, it's true. And so we will all really stand before him uh, one day. And we're going to look at that uh, really as we get into this. We've been talking about PPE, and you've heard about PPE for about the last two years, but we're coming at it from a different perspective. That really we're in a growing season. We're in an opportunity to, to move. A number of years we've said this and, and, you know, in a similar way, maybe a, a kind of a motto that God is preparing us for what he's prepared for us. So that we arrive at that place, we occupy that place that we're not occupied by it. And so if God is preparing us right now for what is to come, we're, we're living at the speed of life 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We're moving at that pace. Tomorrow will come. There are things that are in tomorrow, things that God has prepared for you in tomorrow. And then there's things that the enemy has prepared for you in tomorrow. But through Jesus Christ, God is equipping us to prepare us to take on the challenges that the enemy will put in tomorrow so that we win the victory and are able to experience what God has put in tomorrow for us. And there's a contradiction of what the enemy has put in our life. He is endeavoring to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Jesus came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. So what God has in your tomorrow is something that pertains to life and godliness, life to the overflow, life more abundantly. But what the enemy has is something to kill off and destroy and steal from that life. And so God is preparing us right now in time for what he has prepared for us. And so even though it's in time, we begin to get to this place where within time, the enemy is really working to distract us in time. And so these ideas, uh, when we talk about patience and perseverance and endurance, many times we're just thinking about, oh my gosh, endurance, that means, ah. Oh. And we think about perseverance, and, and we think of all these things somewhat in a negative light. You know, God, give me patience and do it right now. And so we think about these things, but they're really incredibly positive if we understand what God is saying, because in time, in time, God is doing something if we'll allow him to. And if we ignore God for what he has for us in time, we'll arrive at that place and not really occupy it. But if we take what's in time and we take what God really uh, gives us to do, we begin to see that, man, God is doing something right now. And even though it's not in our timing, and God actually knows time better than we do. And God knows where he's appointed times. The Bible talks about appointed times and due seasons. And God knows what the due season is. God knows what the appointed time is. And we like to make our own appointment, but God's already made an appointment. And there's divine appointments that we're missing because we're not arranging and taking good stock of our time. And so really, uh, you know, just to, to launch off on this, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 
in verse 9. I know this might not encourage you right off the bat, but stay with me. Paul said this, he said, therefore we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to him. Just prior to this, he's talked about going to heaven. But he says, listen, what we do in eternity and what we do right now are inevitably linked to one another. So Paul said, listen, my body, I, I yearn to be present with the Lord. He said, we, live, we walk by faith and not by sight. He says, I, we've got on this earthly tent that's restricting this eternal being that's on the inside of us. So he said, there's a struggle that goes on whether to be in this tent or to go on to be with Jesus. He, but he, he connects the two and he says, so whether we're right here right now or we're present with the Lord in eternity, he said, our aim or our goal should be to well, be well pleasing to him so whatever we do in time see we can get we can get into the blessing factor a little bit and say whatever i do in time god should be pleasing me or else maybe i'll just step out on god don't get stuck on stupid come on jesus did everything for us so that we could live the life that we were really given to live. And in living that life, living and understanding the will of God, then we live well-pleasing in his sight. And Paul said, this is my aim. This should be our goal and our aim is to be well-pleasing to him. For this reason, verse 10, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Now, just hang on to your seats. We'll get here. I know that word judgment just throws the church off right now. But it's a good thing. We must all stand before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body, which means right now, according to what he has done, whether good or bad. In other words, God is giving attention to what we are doing right now in time. Whether pleasing or not pleasing to him, whether productive for the kingdom of God or unproductive to the kingdom of God, he's watching about what we're doing right here in time. He said, we'll all appear before him. And John comes from a different perspective. In 1 John chapter 3, he says, behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us. So he says, what are we doing in time? Are we taking time to behold the manner of love that the Father has bestowed upon us? Because if we behold, if we take time, if we're patient and take time to behold the manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us and know that because he loved us, the power of sin is broken over our life. We're no longer bound by sin. Our life is being changed, transformed. We're not coming to church for just information. We're not coming for just uh, uh, revelation or, or understanding, information, inspiration. That's what a lot of people want. But we're coming so that we can have transformation. Information, revelation, right? Inspiration should all lead to transformation. What's going on in our life through time is, is what Paul said his goal was to become more like Jesus. And that's what, what uh, John is saying. He said, if we'll take time to behold what manner of love the Father's bestowed upon us, that we are now children of God. We're not offspring of Adam's disobedience. We're offspring, if we've accepted Jesus Christ, we're offspring of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We're born again. 
And he says, if you take time to understand that, then we don't know exactly what it's going to look like, but we know that we're going to stand before him. And John had this confidence that when he stood before him, he would be like him. And he says, anybody who has an expectation on the judgment day that they will stand before Jesus and look like him, that person takes time to purify themselves. There's something going on in time that we're giving attention to that anything that doesn't look like him, we begin to set aside. And we do that in patience, knowing that it takes some time. It'll, it'll be a working that God is ever working in you and I to will and to do of his good pleasure. That that which he began in you the day that you were born again, he will be faithful to complete it if we will work with him every day and allow him to work in us that which is well-pleasing in his sight. Come on. Something's going on in time, and the enemy's coming to get you to think about what, what's going on in the world, what's going on in business, what's going on in our finances, what's going on uh, in all this place. And we begin to look externally at what's going on, but he says, come wait on me. I've opened a place. Find a prayer closet. Well, I don't have time to pray. You don't have time not to pray. Come on, God knows your schedule, and he knows, as Alan said, there's doors that he wants to open that no man can shut. He's going to shut doors that no man can open. How do you know which door to open, which door to walk through, which door not to? Is you go and you wait on the Lord. He renews your strength. There's times of refreshing. He begins to open up. It allows you to cast off all those things in that place of his presence. He's given us the language of the Holy Spirit. So when our mind is reeling, we can allow the Holy Spirit to pray through our spirit the will of God. We can still make ground in that presence of God. And in that, we can pray out the will of God. And in knowing that we're praying out the will of God, it says that we energize ourselves. We start building ourselves up on our most holy faith by praying in the Holy Spirit. We begin to build ourselves up, energize, recharge ourselves when we go back into that prayer closet and we wait on the Lord. So when we come out of that place, there's a place where we look at and we begin to understand that our time is precious. When we talk about patience and perseverance and endurance, we're talking about things that understand eternity and understand things that will be accomplished over time. One person said this, that life is a gift that God gives us. What we do with it is our gift to God. Life, this life that we have right now is God's gift to us. What we do with it is our gift back to God. So as we said, you know, uh, we've been talking about patience, but I want to cover some things this morning on time so that maybe we'll understand perseverance just a little bit more as we get into that. But really, you know, as we talked about this, Galatians chapter 6 says that if we do not grow weary in well-doing, we'll reap if we do not faint. And so we look at time and we, we begin to understand that we can use time to our advantage or we can let time begin to work on us, wear us down, and sour us. We live in an instant society, an instant culture, so we've become very impatient. It's difficult for us to persevere any trouble. It's really to get to seeing what the long haul is, the beginning to the end. I just need something right now. Too often we get into the place of right now I just need some relief. And all we're seeking for is relief. But God wants to give us more than relief. God wants to empower us 
to live every day. Not to just get relief and go, I have relief. No, he wants to come and not only give you relief from what was burdening you, but give you power to live every day with confidence. To live every day with confidence. So we'll either get stronger and better with time, or we'll get bitter with time. Right? So we can get better or we can get bitter. We can get sweeter or we can get sour. Something's going to happen with us over time. We might as well become more like Jesus rather than like everyone else. Allow the experience of life to really develop our character to become more like him or allow our experience in life to cause us to just be controlled by the sway of the world. And the sway of the kingdom of God is dictated to by the blood of Jesus and the direction of the Holy Spirit. And the course of this world is dictated to by the prince of the power of the air, by the, the enemy, by Satan. He's in the control of that. And so we get so instant-minded that if we're not careful with all of the things that we have, our interests, if we're not careful, if we don't use time right, we get interested in something, but we're so easily distracted. You ever just got excited about something and about two weeks later, you're just distracted? You're not following through with that anymore. Time's very important. Our motivation, right? We run out of that inspiration, man, I'll do this, but we run out of motivation pretty quickly. You know, if we don't see instant rewards, instant gratification, we run out of motivation too often. If we're not careful, you know, our confidence wanes over time. And our attention always begins to turn to the negative. When really, if we have confidence in God, we should be getting stronger and stronger in our confidence in what he's called us to do. But time will allow us, if we're not careful, to become negative. It'll take our interests and distract us from what we said we were interested in. It'll take our very motivation for doing something. And all of a sudden, we're just feeling not motivated. But what we can do over time is stay focused in our interests. We can understand that there's something from the inside, an eternal purpose that motivates me. And my confidence in that eternal purpose is in Christ himself. And our determination. So often, we're great starters but bad finishers. We're sprinters, or we, we like to think ourselves sprinters. <laughs> Praise the Lord. If I was ever going to be a runner, I would have to train myself to run long distance because there's no way that I could run, beat anybody at a sprint. Just doesn't happen. I think it's in my genes. My older brother, his classmates used to call him light ears. From him to get to first base to second base was like a light year. Um, we're just not fast, but we're steady. There's something to be said about being steady. Amen? We like fast. We like the home run. But I'm telling you, the base hit over and over and over again is what gives you the average. To stay steady. And so there's just something about time and how we treat time that will help us to become more and more steady. 
There's so many different things to understand that the gestation period, the period of time to grow until fruit is produced, till something comes forth. And when we begin to see what God is doing and understand those appointed times and those places that comes, that not everything comes to fruition at the same time. There are things that happen immediately. When you said, Jesus, come and be the Lord of my life, immediately he flooded in and drove out sin, broke the bondage, and he moved into your life. And positionally in Christ, you are seated with him in heavenly places. Your sin was forgiven, and now you have the ability to live sin-free. But actually learning and realizing how to take on that attack from the enemy and live absolutely free in this life, not positionally, not spiritually in that that, that realm, but right here will take time. And he's developing that in time. There's different aspects of what you've been called to do and the importance of the things that you've been called to do that God is leading you into that some of them are right now. You have, when you got born again, immediately you were given a ministry of reconciliation. Once you knew I was reconciled to God, my sins were forgiven. He said, I gave you a ministry. Tell someone else that God's not holding their sin against them any more than he was holding your sin against you. He sent Jesus not to send you to hell, but to save you from hell. He said, if you know that, you can go tell someone that. If you've experienced that, you can go tell someone that. But if you're going to rise to the office of an apostle, a prophet, evangelist, pastor, or teacher, there's time. There's time, there's development, there's development of character. When you're going to be leading and guiding people, if we look through the Bible, Joshua led millions of people. He trained for 40 years before he stepped into his office. Why? He was going to lead millions and millions of people. You can't learn to lead millions of people in a day. Come on. Elisha served Elijah for about 15 years. There's time. Jesus, after he knew, man, I got to be about my father's business. He went home for 18 years. 18 years, served under his parents, did the job. And what was happening over those 18 years for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the one anointed of God who had never sinned, who could have said, I'm just going to take off mom and dad. It's my time. They said, we understand, but you're coming home. And for 18 years, what was going on? He was being patient. He was persevering. Something that was in his heart that he knew was real. He was persevering. He was enduring, dealing with ordinary people when he was supposed to be dealing with the kingdom of God in his heart. But he knew it wasn't time yet. What was he doing? He was growing in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and with man. There's things that are happening over a period of time that God is developing. He's he's setting stages for us. Sometimes we're trying to make it happen, and we're going off on detours, but God is trying to take time within that time to set the stage for us to be successful in what he's called us to do. 
And there's those places that we understand that God has set up and windows of time that we need to take advantage of. There's windows of time that take place. We understand this as parents when we're raising our children. There's a window of time. And when you start in it, you think, I got time. And all of a sudden, they're moving out of the house and you're like, where did time go? And you either know, knew we took advantage of that time or we missed out on time. It was something you'll never get back. You can't get it back. Time is something we won't get back. So what we do in time makes a difference in all of eternity. There's things going on in time, in a window of time right now, that if we're not careful, this is a time for us. Right now, I believe we're in a time. We're in, we're in a, a place in time that God is saying, I want you to study. I want you to meditate. I want you to grow because there's more coming than has just happened. And I want my church to be ready. Now is not a time to disperse. Now is a time to come together. Now is not a time to not have time to pray, but a time to pray. It's a time to meditate on the word. It's a time to start saying what God has said day in and day out. Well, I confessed that yesterday. It didn't happen. Day in and day out to begin to proclaim what God has said about you into your future. Alan just said there's not a supply chain problem in the kingdom of God. But I like what one minister said. I believe Mark Hankins says it. Confession is the highway by which faith brings its mighty cargo. If you don't want a supply chain thing, then keep the highway open. Put your hand to something. Well, I know this isn't really what God's called me to. But if it's what's available right now, begin to serve because God's doing something in time to develop you. There's a time right now to develop as a man and a woman of God where the pressure is not as great as it's going to be. So now is a good time. There's windows of time where you develop your relationship with your spouse so that when trouble comes, it doesn't divide you, but you've taken time to become one together. Instead of learning how to move apart, you learn together, but that's done in a window of time. To get your education, it's done in a window of time. There's things that happen in a window of time, and then time goes away, and some things are just gone. Right? There's things that are just gone. You know, there's a window of time when my nephews, all my nephews, I went and played golf with three of my nephews on my sister's side the other day. There's still a tiny window of time, but most of them, there was a window of time when they were about five. I could beat them all the time. It didn't matter. So from about five until now, I've been able to beat them 99.9% of the time. I don't play with the nephews on that side very often. Jonathan's like 99.9. I'm beating you about 50% of the time. And so that window is narrowing every day. There was a day when they could only drive it 150 yards and I could drive it 300. Now it's flipped How did that happen? Something's happening in time. And we, our aim is to be well-pleasing to the Father. Things are happening in time. So we look at our life and we say, things are happening in time. With my kids, with my life, with my marriage, with my job, with my career. And I'm looking at all that. But if we're not careful, all that stuff swirls in. And time really develops into the tyranny of the urgent. 
Whatever's urgent, we got to chase that down. But when we put God first, and we know that in that place where God is first, and he's given us a relationship with his body, and he's given us a relationship, if you're old enough, if you're young, he'll bring it. Time is important. If you're not married right now, what you do in time to develop your character, to develop your patience, to develop your loving kindness is so important for when the time comes that you're married. If you don't take time to develop that when you get married, you, will, you miss the window of time. Now you'll have to develop it in a different window of time. But we understand that we have a relationship with God's people, with our spouse, with our children, with our job, and we're like, oh my gosh. But God says, I know, I've given you all those relationships and I've strategically placed you. And if you want to know how to not live with the tyranny of the urgent, being dictated to by all of these things that are going on, step back and wait on me. And I'll show you how to love your spouse. I'll show you how to love your children. I'll show you how to be involved in your local church. I'll show you how to reach out to people around you. And I'll show you how to do business more efficiently than you ever knew how to do business. God says, I know the thoughts that I have for you. He's speaking to a people that are in captivity. And they're thinking, don't you care? He says, you've been held captive because you got consumed with the world, and now the world has captured you. He said, but I have a plan for you, and I know that even though you're held captive by the the world right now, the thoughts that I have for you are of good and not evil. They are of a future and a desired outcome. His desire is to bring us out of the captivity of the tyranny of the urgent and show us how to live in time to be able to wait on him. Not say we can't wait on him. We're too busy to say, I will wait on you. You'll renew my strength. You'll give me wisdom. You'll give me strength. You'll give me understanding in that place. You'll reveal your word to me, and I'll be able to operate through time to a desired outcome and destiny, which is well-pleasing in his sight. To understand time is incredibly important to us right now. When the the, the people of God understood the time that they were living in, it was very important. We're living in a period of time that is most incredibly awesome in the scope of eternity. The people we read after were looking to our time. We're looking at our time going, why? Can't we go back to when it was normal? No, we're living in a more magnificent period of time. Say, I wasn't prepared for this, but we should have been. Because God's been preparing us for this time so that we, the church, could occupy it and not be occupied by it. But thank God we're working in time. So God moves and he says, in this time, you can understand the day that you're living in, that you are now really, there's manifesting more and more that you are living in the last of the last days. That there's great trouble in the earth. Why? Because men are selfish. They're lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. They've become disobedient to their parents. They've become slanderers. They've been back, been, become backbiters. 
They may have a form of God, but deny his power to live life. It says all of that. It says trouble's coming for this reason. He said, but you are my people. He told Timothy, just keep preaching the word. He told us, anybody who desires to live godly in Christ Jesus in this day would suffer persecution, but God would be with us to overcome. We live in an amazing period of time. This is not a bad period of time. This is an amazing period of time. To let the inward man be stronger than the outward man To let what's pushing from the inside out be stronger than what's pushing from the outside in. And if we understand that, we take time to develop the inward man. And we're patient at that development. But we give attention to that development. Is anybody with me? If we continue to develop the inward man. Instead of just looking outward, there are things that are going on on the inside of you right now that are preparing you and empowering you to face tomorrow in a different way. That you don't have to compromise. You don't have to feel like, you know what, if I don't compromise, everything's going to come apart, but to know exactly what to do and not compromise. And that God will support you. That he'll be your rear guard. He'll be your shield, your buckler, your rock, your fortress, your God. It's in him that we put our trust. And so we're patient. And we talked about that. The enemy's coming to get us to question God, but in that place of questioning or or the enemy questioning our faith, we're patient to meditate on the word, to pray, to praise, to confess the word, to involve ourselves in godly relationships and to put our hand to something. For what reason? When we're in that place, we begin to persevere. So we're going to talk about perseverance Producing character, Romans chapter 5, we looked at that. Perseverance produces character. In what ways do we persevere? Number one, just three ways, and then we're going to pick up on some stuff about character next week. But we persevere in prayer. We persevere in prayer. Turn over to Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18, starting in verse 1, it says, Then he spoke a parable to them, that men ought always to pray and not lose heart. Ought always to pray and not lose heart. Saying, there was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God nor regard men. Now there was a widow in that city, and she came to him saying, Get justice for me from my adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterward, he said within himself, though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because this uh, widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. Then the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge said, and shall God not avenge his own? See, he used an unjust judge, but God is not unjust. Shall he not avenge his own? Elect who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them. I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? We need to persevere in prayer. 
And this is why it's so important to meditate on the word and develop our faith because 1 John uh, uh, tells us this, that if we, um, 1 John chapter 5 says that if we pray according to his will, we know that he's heard us. And if we know that he's heard us, we know that we have the petitions that we ask of him. So why do we meditate on the word? Why do we pray and praise? Why do we confess the word? Why do we get involved? So that as we're praying, we know the word of God. We know that we are praying according to his will. We know what God wants, and we continue to stay steadfast in prayer, persevering through different times, knowing that as we continue with him, he will always answer according to his will. That God is faithful to perform that which he promised us. As long as we stay in that place and persevere in prayer. He says, in that place of, of staying with God, he says, when I come again, will I find faith on the earth? God will avenge. God will continue to answer prayer. But when I come, will I find faith in the earth? And so we need to persevere in our faith. In our faith. There's many ways. Matthew chapter 15 starting in verse 21, it talks about the Syrophoenician woman who came to Jesus, and she was bugging the disciples, and the disciples said to Jesus, would you send this lady away? She's just staying with this. She wants to see you. Her daughter's sick, and, and we're not even supposed to be dealing with her. And so Jesus came, and he, and he said to her, he said, what do I have to do with you? Healing is the children's bread. But she just kept persevering. It may be in a short period of time, but we need to have that same perseverance of faith. He basically called her a dog. He said, who are you? Dogs can't eat at the table. It's the children's bread. But she was so determined in her faith. She said, yes, I understand. But even the dogs... See, sometimes we don't persevere in faith. Things are happening with us, and we're like, okay, well, I just, uh, all right, then I just won't do that. I won't continue to confess that. Man, that just turned out wrong. Somebody in church said this about me, and so forget it. Why would you do that? God has a plan. Jesus himself said, what have I to do with you? Y'all are dogs compared to the people of God. She said, yes, except for this. Even dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. She's like, I know who you are. I've heard about you. I've watched you. I don't need everything. I just need a crumb. If I could just get a crumb and take that home to my daughter, she'd be made whole. Come on, sometimes we're looking for the big picture. We're trying to make something happen. And he says, if you'll just stay with me. It's just that mustard seed. It's just something to grab a hold of that will change the world if you start in that place. Hebrews chapter 11, go through it. There's all people who persevered in faith. And lastly, we have to persevere when it comes to our calling. Paul said this in Philippians chapter 3. He said, listen, not that we've already attained, not that I've already attained. But this one thing I do is I forget what's behind, and I press, I press, I persevere and continue to press towards the mark of the high calling. I continue to press until daily I'm being changed. That which got a hold of me in salvation, I'm looking to get a hold of it. What got a hold of him? Transformation. Sin no longer dominates your life. If sin no longer dominates your life, then you don't look like sin dominates your life. 
If righteousness dominates our life, then we should look like righteousness dominates our life. He said, so I'll persevere. Not that I've already got it all or have it yet, but I'm going to keep with it until I see the transformation and attain to the prize of the mark of the high calling. And through these times of persevering in prayer, persevering in faith, persevering towards the call of God, character is being developed through perseverance character. And there's something about character being developed that will change everything concerning our influence that God's given us around us. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you. We praise you. We magnify you. We glorify you. Thank you for your word. We ask you, Holy Spirit, to bring a greater understanding of what's going on in time. That with patience, perseverance, and endurance, we may get to where we are and continue to live every day in our life with that fullness of life, that fullness of joy, that strength and that power that only you give. We endure every single day. We persevere every day. We have patience every single day, knowing that we're moving to a higher place in you. Every head bowed and every eye closed if you're watching online. We're talking about different places in time. But there's a moment in time, a window of time that exists right now. The Bible says today, not tomorrow, not six years from now. Today is the day of salvation. You've just heard the word of God. We've prayed the word of God. We've sung the word of God. Jesus Christ came to break the power of sin over your life that you might have a relationship with God. God's not sending anyone to hell. In fact, he sent Jesus to keep anyone from going. If you're here this morning or you're watching, you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Now is your time. Now is a window of time to say, yes, Lord, that's what I need. I'm not going to mess around anymore. I'm not going to take advantage of time. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. But right now, I have the opportunity to come before you, make you the Lord of my life, lay aside sin, and begin to walk in a brand new destiny and relationship with my creator. Is there anybody in this room you say, today is my day. You want to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Experience something. It's called a brand new existence. You become a new creation in Christ. Anybody at all? Why don't you all stand to your feet? Just per chance, and we've had many come in by email saying, I prayed with you today to make Jesus Christ the Lord of my life. So people are watching online. So if you're watching online, we don't want to miss you today. We want to pray this prayer. Let's all pray this together. Say, Father God, I come to you in the name of Jesus. And this morning, I'm making a determination to put my ways aside, that your ways might be wrought in my life. I believe, Jesus, that you died for my sin, that God raised you from the dead so that I could be forgiven. So right now with my mouth, from what is stirring in my heart, I ask you to come into my heart and be the Lord of my life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer for the very first time, we, we ask you to go onto the website, 
share your story, tell 